Welcome to On the Shop Floor, a Weaver Beyond the Numbers podcast. I'm Colby Horn, and this is Chris Boyd. We're going to be your host for today's podcast. We're going to be joined today by Trip Hillman, partner of IT Advisory Services, and he's going to help us discuss IT risk, cybersecurity risk that we're seeing today in the M&D industry. Trip, welcome to the shop floor. Thanks for having me. No, we really enjoy it, man. Um, so the last couple of years, I've definitely personally uh, have seen a definite risk or increase in cybersecurity events, IT events on my clients that are costing them money or just pains, obviously, and operations shutting down operations. Tell us, like, what are you seeing in cybersecurity for the M&D industry? Absolutely, and specifically for this for the M&D and, and retail included inside of that industries. As part of that, we're seeing things right. It it's pervasive across the industries, and we're when when people are having newspapers headlines being flashed at them with MGM and Caesars and these different hacks that are sweeping the nation as part of that. Right. It's only natural that you're going to be more cognizant of that when it's happening inside of your business as well. So specifically. You know, manufacturing has has tended to be, you know, well, that's that's not really us. It's in a cybersecurity risk. We're offline, but we're really seeing more and more connected devices. And so as homeowners and consumers and things like that, we're seeing Internet of Things creep in there. It's only it's happening in industry as well. So we're seeing connected factories. We're seeing in, in, uh, smart industrial devices that are coming online. And the the real concern factor that we have around this is that previously there's been a lot of of automation and data acquisition improvements, but we're also seeing where, you know, the the humans being taken out of the loop as part of that as well. So there used to be this safety component of, well, a, a human would be there to stop it, or it's only, we're only doing this to get the information. It's not actually controlling things. And we're seeing a shift in that as organizations are looking for efficiencies and increased effectiveness of automation Humans are coming out of out of the loop as part of that, so that means that that machine or that widget is being uh, connected and it's actually doing something. On the security side, traditionally we see risk around confidentiality, integrity, and availability. Those are the technical terms that we use to say well, how impactful would something like a data breach or a ransomware event that causes an availability issue, and that's really where it causes a business interruption. But we're also now concerned about that fourth aspect of life safety. So when we're talking about connected devices, could a pipeline explode because of a cyber risk? Because somebody doesn't step in and, and take an action. Uh, those are the things that are real risk that we're having to evaluate. Yeah. So maybe you can just take a step back. And is there kind of a difference between like what we call IT risk versus cybersecurity risk? Is there a the, difference between yeah, that? It's a, it's a common question. And I think that, you know, as we look at a robust program, yes, we would get down to the nuance. You should be assessing both within your organization. Um, however, I would not be hung up on the semantics of that as well. So we want to make sure that you, dry, you dive into understanding really how does this apply to your business, to your organization? And have you done an impact analysis to look at what, what what could go wrong with these particular events were to happen, right? So backing out, uh, what does the risk look like for for you? And then whether we label it an IT or a cybersecurity risk, um, I, I think that we can give, give a little grace to that. That makes sense. Uh, so would you say, you know, in terms of, again, as we talk about uh, manufacturers, distributors, and retailers, like who needs to worry the most? Um, about these types of events or kind of what does that look like? Yeah, and I maybe j jumped ahead to that with, with the life safety impact, right? But really, I think that as we look at organizations and understanding their business processes, 
um, and understanding, is this something where we could have just a loss of information or it's something that could impact our availability of operations? Those are uh, loss events that could be impactful to our, our dollars and to our operations. But then really considering that life safety component of how much automation um, or business process loops that where I've in increased automation or that have a connected online factor um, that could really impact, you know, the damage to life safety, I think is something that we have to back up and consider. Um, as we've rapidly expanded and adopt, ad adopted these technologies, we maybe haven't paused to really do that impact analysis to say, where is this present? Because we were scaling, we were growing, we wanted to modernize and transform our business uh, to stay up with competition or to grow our posture. I think that's really where we just need to press pause and take a step back and look at go, what could go wrong? Right. Especially with the prevalence of like some of the open source and some of the stuff that's coming, you know, as we develop IT controls, it's kind of reactive instead of proactive. So, you know, I think for manufacturers that, that hits a really good point or distributors, retailers, anybody, you know, maybe our, our job is to, to make something uh, or distribute something, but um, at least in the accounting sense, there's a lot, you know, on the cloud or through some open source software that people start to develop or everyone's favorite topic, chat GPT. So, you know, uh, I think that that does have an impact beyond just uh, the water cooler. Uh, on Absolutely. Some so for our industry, a lot of these businesses obviously have some responsibility, either be it to their customers or to their own safety. Is there a compliance component to cybersecurity? Like what is the landscape for as far as compliance for cybersecurity. Certainly. And, and then compliance aspect um, is one that um, I think furrows some brows, uh, certainly. But but in the retail space, it's going to be PCI compliance. So that's talking about people that process payments or, or handle payment card information as part of that. So that's going to be definitely in retail, point of sale, transactions. Protecting uh, the data. Yeah. Whether that's in, in present, you know, in, in, in store, online, e-commerce, all of that's a consideration. Um, there's also a lot of third-party trust and assurance that comes up, and that's going to be things like your SOC report. So a SOC 1, SOC 2, and, and that's usually going to be the SOC 2 element. And then as business expands and becomes more global, the ISO, so for security, ISO 27001 um, is an international standards organization. That's going to be something that probably helps in that trust and assurance space uh, from the retail side. When we're thinking about distribution, I think SOC 2 comes up as well from that third-party Trust and assurance, same for the ISO uh, play there. And then on the manufacturing side, I think the cyber landscape looks to be CMMC is the one that's coming online. So if you do any manufacturing with uh, controlled, unclassified information, CUI, basically if you make any part that's usually linked to the DOD supply chain, that's going to be something where CMMC comes up. So those are your usual cybersecurity compliance um, expectations that may be discussions to have. Okay. And are these compliances like self-policed or are they being driven by third parties or these government related? Or you're talking or to auditors. That's yeah, 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 right. <laughs> so these are usually going to be third party attestations. So they're going to be things where you're going to need to engage a third party. Um, yes, you can self-organize, self-assess and get uh, prepared and then you're going to need some type of attestation or uh, third-party assessment on top of that to, to verify it. And that's really with that trust but verify audit mentality, right, that, that it's just the speed of business has enhanced. Um, and it's really a vendor, vendor management vetting uh, step that really, you know, it's kind of a cost of doing business now. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, so we, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but could you just touch on a little more um, 
the concept of, you know, some cloud-based software and kind of the IT environment being more in the cloud and not, you know, locked up in a server room uh, and might, how that might impact, you know, MD&R companies from your perspective. Absolutely. And so cloud cloud has been around for over a decade now, mm-hmm. and it's crept into almost every industry uh, nook and corner as part of that. And you mentioned open source software earlier. So open source software being something that maybe is not commercially supported, um, and that has a cloud component to it as well. So you're talking about how do we, mo- usually this is linked to modernization and transformation efforts inside your organization. You've got, you've had growth, you've had scale. Uh, you're you're adapting and responding to the business conditions, but as you have taken on cloud efforts to enable a capability, the question that we want to pause and back up from a cyber risk posture is who who's responsible for security in the cloud and of the cloud. So your vendor, your Microsoft, your AWS, your IBM, your Google Cloud, they're responsible for the security of the cloud, but you, the organization, have a responsibility for security in the cloud. So you can go in and make customizations, alter settings, uh, provision access. You have responsibilities. It's not, it is a shared responsibility model. It's not a fully outsourced. So you can out, we often say you can outsource the function, mm-hmm. but you can't outsource the risk. So you're still responsible for the governance and the, the oversight to those cloud operations and those cloud resources and services. The other thing that creeps up too is that, right, anybody can go out and get, procure these services and put them on a credit card. So you, you also have this concept that we call shadow IT um, as part of that. But right, is, is, is this a conscious business decision that's attract and approved is what we're looking for. So if I come in to ask for a list of all of your cloud resources, how easily can I ga- gather that? And oftentimes people point to IT or their technical um, operators for that. Mm-hmm. But in, in MDNR, right, if who's running the points of sale? Those may be outsourced to the cloud or have cloud components or industrial operations that come online. Now we're needing to talk to a lot of different functional owners or stakeholders inside the organization. It may not always be IT. And so we wanna be able to get that good inventory of what do you have inside of your organization. This harkens back to, this is really a, a vendor management concept, which is familiar to all auditors, right? Of, of But it's dry, diving into what are your third and fourth party risks as part of this? And we come at it from a technology vendor side and one of those may be cloud. So it's a it's a it's a linked uh, to a bigger a bigger problem. Right. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, one thing our industry knows more than I think any other industry: supply chain. That's a trigger word, keyword, you name it. Supply chain obviously impacts every business. What is the relation with cybersecurity and supply chain? Yeah. So supply chain, like you you mentioned, has been around for decades, right? People studied it. There was majors dedicated to it when I was going through school. Um, when we hear s- supply chain and cybersecurity have kind of that increased velocity of vocabulary where they're pairs together now. And one of the drivers for that is is a framework change that's happened in the cybersecurity space. So NIST, National Institute of Standards and Technology, is a division of the Department of Commerce. And that's the organization that produces a particular set of criteria. Now, it's a framework for what is good cybersecurity hygiene, but it's oftentimes what auditors and organizations can agree on and say, okay, if this is good enough for the 16 critical sectors, uh, we should probably look into it. Um, And you need to tailor it for your own organization, but they're recently going through a version two update of the criteria. And inside of that, they've specifically called out an enhanced explicit language around supply chain to make sure that organizations are properly evaluating supply chain. And what they're looking for is business context inside of that. So when we talk about supply chain, we're just, you know, 
there was a, I think they cleaned up the language to make sure that organizations thought more critically about um, really two concepts. One of who, who depends on us and who do we depend on? And that may include things like open source software. People had taken more of a tra tra uh, traditional transactional flow of, well, I'm not shipping anything as, as part of a supply chain view, but they really want the, the, the criteria is really asking us to look at what makes up our foundation. So who are our linked parties and entities? There was a concept a long time ago that, that happened of, of as far as like building on open source software, right? You're now reliant on, there was a, there was a meme and an image of a cartoon about it, but now you're now reliant upon somebody who created something for free that's living in the basement. You know, right. you don't know who that is. And so that's the supply chain risk partially that we need to be able to address is what are all of the components that make up our quote unquote systems and, and or our interconnected parties as part of that. So supply chain's broader. They're asking us to think about it from a really who, who do we depend on, who depends on us and not so much of a what is the flow of goods and materials. Gotcha. Right. Makes sense. It does. I've learned some acronyms today. PCI, <laughs> yeah, NIST. Well, that's all the time we have today on the shop floor. I want to thank Trip for coming out. It's a big help. Learned a lot. Uh, please log on to weaver.com forward slash podcast for our latest manufacturing, distribution, and retail service developments. And please join our newsletter. Thanks again.